It's your girl Elle, corporate in-house designer, and I just want to do my job. Hey y'all, it's Kay, your favorite public health nerd, being black as hell, at work. And we're we're clocking clocking in to talk all things being black at work. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Clocking In Podcast. Hello, hello. We are back. Um, thank y'all for being patient with us as we sorted out the logistics of our podcast. I think the last time we released the full episode was January of this year. So we appreciate um the loyal listeners who just wait for us to release whenever we want to. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate your patience. <laughs> Well, let's dive right in. We got a heavy topic today, um, but let's start with our usual. L, how was your week last week? Mm, I mean, the week definitely ties into the topic. Um, it's been, in so many words, taxing. Um, everybody needs needs a. It feels like everybody wants a piece of me in some fashion, like trying to protect my energy um, has been a little difficult and just making space for um, myself. So that has been uh, probably reasons why we haven't recorded, <laughs> reasons why uh, you haven't heard from uh us um specifically but yeah it's it's um trying to get a a a better balance about that so I know it sounds really elusive but when you when we start diving in you'll understand why I guess so yeah um it definitely has been difficult for you I pray you come out of this difficult time because I don't know. I feel like it's been, it has been it's three been, months because it's March. It's been a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, if you've listened to the podcast long enough, you already know my situation that I'm trying to, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to navigate. Um, uh, for me, last week was a turning point in setting boundaries at the job. Mm-hmm. I no longer feel bad about saying I do not have the bandwidth to get this done. I don't Mm -hmm. feel any type of regrets or regrets for saying it just plain and fucking simple. And I said it because it needed to be said. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not I'm no longer trying to find PC ways or sugarcoat anything being kind though is important to me because kindness is honest and authoritative but it also gives grace to the person receiving the message Mm -hmm. because you never know what kind of state they're in on the other side of that message too you know what I mean so I try Mm -hmm. to keep that in mind but being very firm and honest and, and assertive and saying I simply cannot get this done for you by tomorrow. You're emailing me in the middle of the day today and asking for it to be done by tomorrow. That's not going to happen. 
I can give you a realistic timeline of next week, though. So. Yeah. yeah, I think I've I've definitely been able to do some of that too, especially like ninth hour requests and like people just not respecting the process. I'm like, mm-hmm. I hate to be the person to try to have to remind you of how we do things here, <laughs> but it feels like that's feels not like, in the SOP boo. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, can I get some up? Like, not my responsibility to up that date, update those drawings. Those things need to be handled mm-hmm. by uh, a different designer. No, ma'am, no, sir. Uh, try again next time. Like, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> sure, I'll get right on that for the next gate. <laughs> like, not gonna do that when our deadline is today, but okay. <laughs> And that's what it boiled down to for me last week was mm-hmm. simply that your lack of preparedness Oof. does not constitute urgency on my part. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's real spicy, though, and real spicy and real petty. So I didn't convey that in an email, but that was the driver. That's the truth. To, that's the truth. <laughs> and it was the driver to my response. It's like, OK, mm-hmm. so you were not prepared for today or the week mm-hmm. or tomorrow, which means that does not constitute urgency for me, which means I'm going to let you know, I have five different things that I'm juggling right now. This is not going to happen by tomorrow. What I can mm-hmm. give you is attached to this email and the other things can wait until next week. And I'm not taking in a, a, a response that says, well, you have to get it done. I wasn't even going to take that. So when the person emailed me back in response, I waited a bit to look at it because I was working on the mm-hmm. other five things, obviously. Mm-hmm. So when I did respond, it was it was in the tone of, well, can you at least send me what you have, basically, so that I can do it? And the person didn't even end up doing it. So you wasted my time. You wasted a bunch of keystrokes for nothing. But oh, that leads me <laughs> that leads me into our topic for this episode. We are talking all about mental health in the workplace Mm -hmm. and we want to do it justice as best as we possibly can because neither one of us are mental health experts um no but we both I have a therapist (laughs) I do have a therapist though even though I'm not a mental health expert so we we both are in that boat I have I have hopped on the bandwagon Uh, it's a good bandwagon to be on it's like I mean it's like the the saints you know what I mean when the saints go marching and I want to be in that number I I need to be in that number (laughs) I'm in that number count me in (laughs) count me in every two weeks I need to be in that number what could it hurt what could it right because if I if if I don't go I might hurt somebody (laughs) listen somebody's feelings maybe not physically (laughs) yeah let's try let's Let's yeah, let's be clear. Make it me clear. I'm not trying to hurt nobody. But <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, y'all, y'all are hurting me and my mental uh, dexterity right now because I can't. Come do on, that. dexterity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we we I think we as a culture, as not not just as as black folks, but as a society, an American culture, place so much emphasis on work Mm -hmm. other countries have vacation like they have built in 
30 day, 25 day vacations. And they're like, uh, y'all uh, doing it wrong. Sister, yeah, y'all, y'all are doing it way wrong. And they'll be, I, I have seen uh, this trend on TikTok where people from other countries are reacting to policies and uh, laws mm. in the US. And they'd be like, mm. one of them was like, you know, over here, we beg our employees to take their vacation because we know that they're not going to be productive if they don't. If you have, if you start the year off with 30 days and by June you've taken six, we need to, we need to speed this up. What are you doing? I need you to be getting off every Friday. What are you, what are you waiting on? (laughs) What are you waiting on? Uh, Because if productivity goes down because you are not taking care of yourself, that is indicative of our work culture. That's indicative of all sorts of things. And then it ultimately, you know, the bottom line is hurt. We need you to be okay. And then, of course, on different levels, they get extra on top of these 30 days and 20 and some odd days that they're guaranteed. On top of holidays that are built into the, the worldwide calendar, Right. Now, not only do you have 30 days of vacation, mm-hmm. but you have, listen, there. girl, oh, we, it's a holiday. It's a holiday. It's a holiday. We're taking holiday. <laughs> I think that's their word for vacation, too. But like then they have sick days on top of that. And then, of course, everybody has better maternity. Every developed country has better paternal leave than we do. So paternity wow. and maternity leave. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The entirety, both paternity and maternity. They, they have both. To start there, they have both, mm-hmm. and it's way better. It's just like some. I think some of them get like a year. Like in France, they get a year or some shit. Yeah. And most European countries, they get like nine months or something. I don't know. Um, they want you out the uh, damn hospital room in six weeks over here. Listen, you might not what? be able to walk right good after six. <laughs> You can't listen. You can't even pick your baby up good enough after six weeks. All right. Mm-mm. That's some nonsense. So anyway, the culture we live in glorifies working more and taking care of yourself less, and it's even worse for Black folks. And mm. so we can dive right in. Um, I wanted to set the stage with a few um, evidence-based if you will, materials. Mm-hmm. Um, so first from the National Alliance on Mental Health, uh, I found an article discussing the intersection of mental health and blackness. So starting there, just being a black person in the U.S., is already difficult on your mental health. We're talking about 400 years of oppression. We're talking about generational trauma that mostly stems from slavery. Talking about not knowing who you are and where you actually come from. Talking about holding on to enslavers' practices of living, raising your children, uh, the way you run your relationships. Talking about the enslavers version of the Bible. Like that's something we're not going to get into, but that is a real thing. And then you layer work on top of that. So we know that being black is not a monolith, right? We, we have a full diaspora across the world, but we have a diaspora within the U S so we're not a monolith when it comes to where we regionally live in the communities within those regions. But 
there are shared cultural experiences that help define our mental health and the support we have for our overall well-being, our resiliency, and generational healing. So a couple of things this article point, pointed out, and I will link this in the episode notes so y'all can go back and refer to it, but Black Americans are, for good reasons, less likely to receive guideline consistent care when it comes to mental health, um, less, li- less frequently included in research when it comes to mental health care. Right. And that's across the board. We talk about clinical trials. Mm -hmm. We talk about any kind of research. It doesn't even have to be clinical trial. Black people are less likely to be included. Black people are more likely to use emergency rooms or primary care rather than mental health specialists. So, uh, for example, I went for my PCP for my uh, well adult, I think the beginning of February. And she had an onslaught of mental health questions for me, which I think is is important. I think the this whole idea of mental health and physical health should be um, integrative. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people who don't have resources, don't have access to resources, excuse me, use their PCP and use their emergency departments as ways to seek mental health care. Yeah. And that overwhelms the system a lot of times. I think my OBGYN did that, um, for my annual as well like I had a series of questions that I had to answer I was like oh this is new <laughs> but I appreciate you asking like but it's it's Listen. not um what I'm used to for sure homegirl had a whole like clipboard with a with the uh-uh. erase marker dry erase marker would you just put it on there and she was like okay I see see we got a little tingle right here let's talk about that <laughs> and I'm like baby I got a therapist okay I already got a therapist <laughs> See a little tingle, tingle. Yeah, just want to make sure we're good. Mm -hmm. Um, so with that, you know, black people are less likely to do all of these things. Well, why is that? There are a lot of barriers to mental health care. So when we talk about socioeconomic status, there are a lot of disparities among Mm -hmm. black between black Americans and white Americans. Not to say that white Americans are the default, but to say that white supremacy is the system in which we have to continue to navigate. So we have to compare to what the um, standard is given to those people, right? So in 2018, 11.5% of Black Americans had no health insurance. That was 2018. Yeah. The Affordable Care Act was already here. Yeah. 11.5% of Black Americans still had no health care. That hurts my feelings, if y'all know what I do. That hurts my feelings. Because um, not only is it vitally important to be able to access these things, it's vitally important for these things to be able to set you up for wealth, right? One good e- ERED visit could set you up for debt for life. One, your yeah. your mama having a stroke. L- listen, listen. Okay. Taxing, feeing, uh, every person they call. So your doctor, you go to the emergency room, your doctor got to call the cardiologist, the pulmonologist, the neurologist, mm-hmm. just to make sure ain't nothing wrong with you. They all getting 10000 off top just for the mm-hmm. phone call. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just for the phone call. Is that, it's so ridiculous. Um, 
And for that recent of data to note that 11.5% of Black Americans still didn't have health care, that's heartbreaking, and it shows we have a long way to go. Um, Another barrier to mental health care is stigma. Like, Black people just feel like if I go seek... Why I got to tell my business? Yeah, why I got to tell my business? What's going on? I I stay in this house. I need to pray about it. And, and I ain't crazy. Who said I was I'm not crazy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to make sure that who you talking to is biblically sound. If you're going to listen, all, all these it's a lot of things. Now we ain't gonna say make it up. Um, it's all real. I'm not gonna say it's not uh, mm-hmm. made up. There's mm-hmm. a lot of reasons for that. But. Mm-hmm. We know our peoples. We know our peoples. And the article even noted that one study showed that 63% of Black people believe that having some sort of mental health condition, Mm. whether it's severe or not, it could be mild, is a sign of personal weakness. Mm -hmm. So not even that, you know, you all in my business and I'm not crazy, but that you're weak because you have a mental health condition. Like, I, I don't. Well, I do know how we got to this point. I was about to say, I don't know how we got to this point, but I do know how we got to the point where we detached our brains from our bodies. It, that was slavery. We had to do something to survive. I don't feel any of this. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't feel it. I, it I it's not happening. It. I wasn't raped. I wasn't. I didn't have any of these issues. This anxiety attack. That's not my, my father, ass beat that's, every day. That's right. Not my father, master. Oh Lord! All those things. All those things. Wanting I mean, to escape. I think personally too, I've had I had to reckon with that one just because it is like, damn, I need help. You know, like help, mm. like I don't want to overwhelm my friends. I don't want to mm-hmm. overwhelm my family members. But yeah, 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 I need something else. And then that whole um stereotype i think that we bought into for a minute and i think that was it was it it did its job when it when it needed to and actually my therapist talked to me about this too um which i've seen kind of circulating on uh instagram the whole strong black woman concept um that no (laughs) i don't have to be strong i'm fragile too (laughs) sign me up for fragility Fragility. hello (laughs) i'm here i'm here i need damsel in distress (laughs) i'm like why why does it need to be oh she got it together she can take care of everything i think that was like a necessary like construct maybe 20 some years 15 20 years ago but now we're just at the point where I think at least our generation and the Gen Z generation for sure is just like, mm, no, we don't. <laughs> We're not rocking with that no more. I'm not going to sign up for that one. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like having strength and I like being able to exhibit strength when necessary, but I don't always want to have to be the strong one. And when, and when where's the recovery? Like exactly. if I'm going to be strong 24-7... I'm going to need to have some, like, t- downtime, okay? Like... Come on with it. Like, where... where what's that? Where's uh, my PTO? Like, not just that. Just more than that. Like, it's got to be... It can't just be time to take off. Like, 
how do I redeem Well, that's what I'm gun? saying. Like, yeah, where's my true. PTO from being strong? Like, shit. <laughs> yeah, because the efforts, <laughs> the efforts that we that we put in is definitely uh higher than what we accrue on that PTO um mm-hmm. schedule. But um, it reminds me of. Did you watch Encanto? The girl, we don't watch Encanto like three or four times. And I know. Okay, well, what's the name every day? <laughs> What's the song with the sister? The, Surface the pressure, song. Louisa. Mm-hmm. That's Louisa. Louisa right there. That's my girl. Mm-hmm. Girl, I was like when I first heard that. I was like, Louisa got a point. Louisa, <laughs> Louisa said, maybe, a- maybe if I could change the day to day and the pressure, maybe that would re- like leave some room for joy. Mm, mm, maybe mm. it would, Louisa. Maybe it would, girl. Mm, I'm with you right would. there. Yeah, I'm I was like, right girl, there. when she presented down that cloud, I said, I feel, I feel Louisa. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I I feel, feel Louisa, Louisa and Miss Perfection, uh, Isabella. Uh, yes, Isabella. Okay. Yes, okay. <laughs> when she finally grew a character, she was like, bitch, what? I can do this? I can do other things, too? <laughs> I don't have to just do all these roses? Boring, baby. It's late. I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to branch out here. Oh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> that's one of Baby Girl's favorites. We uh, we literally jam to Encanto for hours every single day. Right. right. I was like, every this thing had to day. remind me too. I said, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Take the signs when you can get them, okay? <laughs> right? Um, and then the article touched on provider bias and inequality of care. So obviously systemic racism in healthcare and healthcare. So they're two different words. Um, one is healthcare together and health care, two words. Um, and uh, healthcare as a singular word is a system and healthcare as two words is healthcare between the provider and the patient. Um, and then prejudice and discrimination as well. I always like to add those because it seems like, oh, it's racism. So prejudice and discrimination go hand in hand with that. But you could be prejudiced and discriminatory with things that a layer on top of race, like me being a woman, right? Me mm-hmm. being young and, you know, provider bias around that. Something that they didn't mention in this um, article that needs to be really really discuss is our mistrust of the medical uh, the, system at yeah, large I was, I was, I was like it's like tuskegee went in this uh this uh i mean but it's not just tuskegee we're talking about henrietta lex we're talking about i mean all of that yeah. we're talking about the women who were the black women who were imprisoned for no reason and then sterilized and experiments and all i mean like there's so many reasons why the mistrust occurs, which also kind of plays into that stigma. Mm-hmm. And it continues to perpetuate the stigma. Like, don't go tell them white people, da, da 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 which is there's a need for culturally responsive and culturally appropriate mental health care. And we'll talk about that when we get to the solutions portion of this topic. But um, I was surprised that they didn't mention this because they did a good job at everything else. They didn't mention it explicitly as you know, this is one of the drivers of poor mental health in Black communities. Anyway. I mean, it's unfortunate, but it's not surprising. It, it should be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, you know, that's where um, platforms like 
what we're talking about and other other ones out there can um raise a lot more awareness too. I agree. Yeah. Definitely. Um Okay. So we talked about the intersection of mental health and blackness. So let's set the stage one more time about um, talking about mental health in the workplace. So I tapped into one of my favorite resources, and that's the World Health Organization, WHO, <laughs> WHO mm-hmm. for short. Um, but don't say who, y'all. It's, it's actually in the public health world. It's actually frowned upon to say who you, you want to say WHO. Just a little, just a little tip. Um, so WHO um, is, in my opinion, uh, very, very in tune, in tune, if you will. <laughs> to the happenings of everything going on in the world globally. And as I continue to tell my peers and my colleagues every single damn day, we cannot only rely on the CDC to give us sound, evidence-based, evidence-informed, data-driven public health advice uh, because it is very privileged and American of us to think that what happens outside of our borders don't affect us. That's how we got in this pandemic in the first place, but that's another mm-hmm. story. Oh, they will never get here. <laughs> that's another, that's another story up. for another day. <laughs> we'll touch on that only. some other time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I really look to them when I, when I need guidance on things that I think probably affects a lot of people globally and mental health is one of them. But alas, before we dive into what the WHO says about mental health in the workplace, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. We'll be back. I'm rooting for um everybody black. <laughs> I am. It's your girl L dropping an ABE all black everything for today's episode. With our focus on mental health, this brand is one to add to your self-care checklist. Asaya Rose is a black woman-owned business creating luxury hand-poured scented candles curated with crystals and flowers that raise your frequency. Each candle is a literal work of art with scent profiles that awaken all the senses. Her candles are honestly too good to share. I purchased three for the besties this past Christmas and had instant FOMO as soon as I shift them out. As a trend, we're all into coordinated sets these days, so be sure to check out the room and linen sprays that pair with the full range of Asaya Rose fragrances. For listeners in the Portland area, Asaya Rose will be at the PDX Moon Market March 19th and 20th. And for those listening all over, you can shop her website now at asayarose.com. That is A-S-I-Y-A-H Rose.com. Now let's get back to it. All right. We back. We took a breather, Hello. got some water. <laughs> a little parched on the subject. <clears throat> um, it'll leave you parched. Will it not leave you dry? Listen, I got a whole list. I'm looking at my notes app, baby. It's a list. This is for therapy. 
I meet I meet my girl on Wednesday this week. Oh Lord, she got yeah. a she got a list. We're gonna take the whole hour, baby. So get ready, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um. So we left off talking about the WHO and their take on mental health in the workplace. So depression and anxiety contribute to, this is according to the WHO, obviously, contribute to a $1 trillion loss per year Mm. in productivity. For those who worry about that bottom line. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, line. I just like to quantify for people. You know, I just want you to, I just want to be able to paint a picture. Like, mm-hmm. if you're thinking about, if you're listening to this and you're saying, okay, I'm an employee or I'm a manager or I'm a senior level person at my organization. Mm-hmm. Why do I need to be, if y'all don't want me all up in your personal business, why do I need to be invested in mental health? Because it costs you money. Mm-hmm. It 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 literally, and that makes sense to me. Because on those days when I'm having really bad anxiety, like the only way, and and I'm being very transparent right now. The only person that has ever heard me say this is my husband and my therapist, but. The only way I can describe when I'm having high anxiety is that my brain is itching. I don't mm. know that I don't know how else to say it. Like my brain is just itching and I just want to get in there and scratch it. Mm-hmm. And when I'm having those times because of work, like work is fueling that anxiety, I don't want to do shit. Whatever I am doing, I yeah. probably am just kind of like halfway yeah I think the the physical indicator for me is like I um I already um like have a lot of jaw issues of course like with the braces it's been like new but um like I'll I'll hold my mouth so tight and then I'll end up like getting headaches I'll wake up with it and Mm -hmm. um I think it's even more I'm more aware of it, of it because I've been going through the process of straightening my teeth. At the same time, like there, I hold a lot of like tension in my body. Like I'm just mm-hmm. like constantly like rigid and mm-hmm. like don't really relax a lot. And and that was one thing that um, my therapist and I have been working on. And she's like, I just need you to pay attention more to like your body and signs in your body of like. When, especially when not necessarily like you are resistant to doing something but like pay attention when somebody asks you something mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't really align with your phys- mm-hmm. physicality and like there'll be days like I do not even want to look at that laptop like you yeah. know like the word the, I feel like the smaller the screen the less the pressure so I'll check my work phone check the emails check the time frame in which I need to be on on but um but yeah there's like <laughs> I tried I was like when we first talked she was like um I I told her about that she's like what was last 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 breeze past it let's come back to <laughs> you're not gonna go past that like you didn't just say that hold on wait a minute <laughs> that's not normal <laughs> I'm like I really just don't want to look at it at all like she was like mm, that's that's not good 
Mm-hmm. That gives me pause. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, ooh, uh, uh. <laughs> well, it's the truth. <laughs> so, do yeah, you have I'm bruxism? And sure. you do you grind your teeth? I don't think I've ever been diagnosed with it, but probably, yeah. Girl, oh. I have I have grinded my teeth since I was a baby. You talk mm. about generational trauma, baby. I came out the womb with it. Your girl was up in there just, just just clenched. And it's so crazy because the first time I ever noticed that it was uncontrollable mm. and that it would happen when I would have like moments of anxiety was when, let's see, me and my husband, six years, so five years ago, mm-hmm. we were sitting on my couch and he said, what is that scratching noise? And I was like, I don't know what the hell you talking about. I said, I was like, baby, you just be talking crazy all the time. Like, you, this all you do is talk it's crazy. scratching noise. <laughs> he said, no, it's scratching. And so I just kept, I think I was working and he was just visiting. So he was mm-hmm. like sitting on the couch with me and I just kept typing on the computer. He was like, no, something's scratching. And I was oh, like, what the God. hell is wrong with you? <laughs> and then he looked at me. And he just stared. And then I was typing. He was like, are you grinding your teeth? And I was oh like, God. oh, shit, maybe I am. And it beca- I became hyper aware of it then because mm. I was like, this is crazy that I did not even notice that I was notice holding. It, yeah. So, yeah. And it was because of work. I was literally working mm-hmm. on my mm-hmm. work laptop at the time of my old gig and grinding my teeth. And so now, ever since that day, literally... Papa will be like, stop clenching them jaws. Stop grinding right. your teeth. Oh my God. I, do, I like, have, I literally have to stop myself. I have to like, sometimes just leave my jaw partially open because it gets mm-hmm. so painful. And I'm just like, why am I doing this? But I'm like, part of this is probably stress. And it's yep. just like, I have to be really conscious about it. Yep. And you know one thing, we're gonna get back to to the article in just a second. But one just thing that one just on one, one moment. <laughs> give give me give me one moment to tell my testimony, church people. Um <laughs> one thing that has really helped me is just working out. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I feel when they t- y'all, y'all, when they tell you Okay, my husband gonna probably listen to this episode later on and be like, "Cause see, I tried to told you when when your personal trainer, <laughs> when your personal trainer, when your doctor, when your when your whomever tell you, look, if you just work out, it'll be the best drug." Now, I don't want you to turn it into addiction, but I want you to I want you to understand it will in, it release the good hormones yeah. that make you feel better. And when I work out before my day starts. I feel I have much better days. If I wait till the evening, it's usually like recovering from the day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. That's where I've been trying to get back to. Um, and I'm, I'm not that I'm trying to be, I guess I'm just a little bit more. Um, uh, like I'm not super. And we, me and <laughs> me and Papa and talked about this too. All three of us together. <laughs> but when you competed in sport for so long, mm-hmm. trying to like your mindset of working out is like at that com- competition level. So mm-hmm. just getting past that, you don't need to do all of what yeah. you did back when you were comp- competing. Because mm-hmm. we would work out three times a day, and it, and and then weekends were full of competition. So I was like, mm-hmm. no, I ain't trying to do that. 
<laughs> but just going to a bar class, a yoga class, and like I have a friend who's like helping me. We kind of being each other's accountability partner there, like just to try to get break up the day because mm. we're just glued to the computer and not that not really by choice. I feel hostage to this damn laptop. Don't you? <laughs> like it's like it's. I mean, to the point where like I'm not getting up regularly. Like you know. It does. I don't even have space in my calendar to make sure I can go to the bathroom. Like you know, it's just ridiculous, and I shouldn't have to put on like headphones, mute myself just to be sure. Like I don't miss my cue to be up and on the camera to talk about shit. No, I should be able to have ten minutes. And so those are the things that we're trying to like practice um, too. And so like at least when I do the workouts, like. Um, if I don't have an early day, I can do it in the morning. And it does really help me, like, have a much easier day, like you said. But then mm-hmm. when it's been slammed and I'm like, I know if I don't go, I will keep working through the night. Mm-hmm. And and that's not good for me either. So yeah. if I can get a class that makes me stop at five because <laughs> I got to right. get dressed, I got to travel there, then that that helps, um, you know, just to create better boundaries. Um, yeah because it is it, it in a lot of ways I'm allowing it but the but the culture the work culture that we have as a society especially with the mm-hmm. company that I work at is mm-hmm. like you got to be on you got to do all this mm-hmm. stuff we we don't take no breaks we don't stop we just keep moving we do things mm-hmm. fast no 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 so it's not healthy it's not healthy and you just made me realize something as bittersweet as it has been to have baby girl here with me as hard as it has been Mm -hmm. it has been sweet in the factor that she ensures that I cannot stay at that computer for more than an hour (laughs) she'd be like okay it's been too long I don't know what's going on so it's time for a meltdown so that you can get up and start paying attention to me which Mm -hmm. then helps me get out of the office and even though Mm -hmm. I have curated a very lovely office I will say so myself it right. smells good in there. It smells like either <laughs> it smells like either lavender or coconut and cherry at any given time, any given week. <laughs> um, it's just the cleanest room in the house. There's no kid toys. Mm. Even though my house is pretty clean otherwise. Let me stop before my husband listens to this and be like, girl, <laughs> let me just get back to this thing. Okay, WHO. <laughs> um, so they were talking about commonly reported problems that I wanted to address. Um, and mm-hmm. feel, please feel free to add on because they mm-hmm. they noted some, I think, some really high level ones that you would think like, oh, yeah, OK, yeah, that makes sense. But it's also some stuff in here that I added because it makes sense for black folks. So mm-hmm. commonly reported problems in the workplace include harassment, bullying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. first of all y'all too old to be bullied but but that's that's for people who i mean that's who those who never left high school like this that's this left. and then i don't want to get too off topic again but remember that post i sent you something a while back where it's like you know people who want to grow it requires mm. like the earth like you Girl. It requires a lot of sacrifices for you to like grow up Girl. <laughs> and that's half the that's half my stress right there. I'm just dealing with a lot of people who do not want to grow the hell up. You talking about you don't want to di- digress. We finna digress because that was a good one. 
Let me just, just I'm gonna scroll, scroll back I wish up. I could scroll back up. But I'm yes, I mean, up. it sounds so immature. And, and I'm like, I mean, this is what I had an issue with being in school, being whether it was elementary school, middle school, high school, college, all these mm-hmm. things. People just never really want to let go of that. Um, and as my yeah. daddy used to say, it takes a grown person to act a fool. Okay. Don't ever forget that. That's all it takes is a grown person to act a fool. Act a freaking fool. Okay. So I found it. Okay. Good. <laughs> Maya Angelou. Thank you. <laughs> Most Queen. people, <laughs> right? Rest in peace, first of all. Queen. Yes. Okay. Uh, Angel Maya, she says, mm-hmm. Most people don't grow up. It's too damn difficult. What happens is most people get older. That's the truth of it. They honor their credit cards. They find parking spaces. They marry. They have the nerves to have children, but they don't grow up. Not really. They get older. But to grow up costs the earth. The earth. It means you take responsibility for the time you take up, for the space you occupy. It's serious business. And you find out what it costs us to love and to lose, to dare and to fail, and maybe even more to succeed. What it costs in truth, not superficial costs. Anybody can have that. I mean, in truth. Girl, when you sent me that, that was a damn word. Mm, girl, I, mean, I felt that in my all my spirits. I was like, yeah, all the tingles, no one, all no one, <laughs> the tingles. The ancestors had awoken in me on that one. I was like, well, this is why I'm struggling. <laughs> Don't nobody want to pay that tax? Nobody, nobody want to pay that tax, mm-hmm. and they bring it to the workplace, which causes further mental health problems. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the next is inadequate or non-existent health and safety practices. So. When we were in the workplace, the problem that I used to have with my old gig when we would go into the office was there was nobody to just come and clean the water fountain. So we had water fountains where you had to stick your your bottle. cup or whatever, your bottle up to the nozzle and hold it for it to come out. So it was like a little latch. That's all kind of germs. When I tell you I got strep throat, cold yeah. after cold after cold, it that causes undue... Mm stress and so when the pandemic became one I was like oh y'all not gonna see me so you you might as well if y'all don't make the decision to send us home for this whole lockdown period you go you might as well count me out of this job because I won't be doing that well it's crazy too because I mean there's a lot of design related issues with that as well like you notice our workplace environments have moved into this open concept everything mm-hmm. that was like the big big push and trend and you know the glamour and glitz behind that yes it it has it has a certain aesthetic um but from a functionality thing we lost a lot of boundaries and barriers which is how how people act with you that's that's one thing but the other thing is just around circulation of air and um, systems because we also have this whole societal mindset that oh you can work while you sick Mm -hmm. you just come Mm -hmm. on you got a little cold you just need to fight through that Mm because you got important things to do well all that open concept does not when we have doors that keeps barrier that's a barrier that keeps Mm -hmm. germs out Mm -hmm. that means you can have filtration within one yep. room and those 
all those little germs and microbes can be like dissipated within a certain mm-hmm. amount of time. But when you're trying to clean an entire open space, that sometimes it's the length of football fields, then how the hell <laughs> are you going to be able to keep the air safe for your employees? Like, it's just constantly, there's no real re- recycling happening. It's just movement and you're just pushing things from one side to the other. Yep. So, yeah, that does not help, when, especially when you got a pandemic. That's why mm-hmm. people's like, well, you need to go this way. We got to have uh, air traffic control signs on the damn mm-hmm. carpet to tell mm-hmm. us what ways we can walk up a hallway and what ways we can't. Like, that's where all that, that information comes from. But it is completely inadequate. And, like, if you would have actually, you know, thought about these things, I, I guess the thing is, like, we never really had a pandemic for them to consider these as options in the workplace. But... It's not like the information was not out there. It was definitely being talked about. Just no one took it seriously. I mean, the 1918 influenza pandemic should have taught us a lot of things, but Americans and society at large is notorious for not learning from its history. So anyway, um, (laughs) poor communication, poor management practices, uh, limited ability in decision-making processes or control over your own work. So micromanagement, that's one thing that I have to deal with every oh, say it damn again for the people in the back. day oh at work. <laughs> Micromanagers, you are killing us. Do, oh, mind man, your I, business. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And literally is, I had one instance at my old previous job and, um, my manager at the time and then the director at the time and I like I both of them actually was getting on my nerves I have a lot more grace for my current manager now like we got past that but in the moment I snapped on both of them because I had one here one here literally typing on my computer like coloring in the in the moment and then both pointing because they was on the power trip between the two of them which that's another time story for another day but (laughs) I'm in the middle and I'm like I can't work like this I'm gonna go to my I literally had to get up I'm gonna go to my desk I'm gonna rework some options print them out and then we can discuss but this right here this is not I can't do this I can't be productive in this way and I'm and you're sucking the creativity out of this whole thing like I can't I cannot do it so and it's it's ridiculous it's ridiculous. And I think my current situation, I am being micromanaged more than I ever was in my old situation. Like it is deafening to the spirit. Like it's one of those things that can quiet your spirit in a mm-hmm. way that is not healthy, yeah. not a positive quieting at well, all. And it, and it feels like, you know, that's when I think a lot of insecurities may set in at least for me mm-hmm. at work it's like well damn you don't trust me to do my job like I'm mm-hmm. here like and it feels like I'm constantly proving and I'm like I don't I know I sometimes hear that from my peers but I do also feel like it's different when you're melanated it's different when mm-hmm. you look a, a different from your um mm-hmm. from your management your, your leadership. management your or your peers in that sense it's like it just the I can't help but think about is are you doing this because 
of my race or because of my gender or whatever or is this a you thing and right. like all those things start swirling in your mind and it's like I shouldn't have to be thinking about anything when I just need to get this done like I just need to get my fucking work done man. that's it <laughs> that's it that's all I came like, here to mm-hmm. <laughs> um low levels of support for workers inflexible work hours and unclear tasks or objectives on the mm-hmm. team or across the org. So I added the across the organization there because they, they these motherfuckers don't know what the fuck they be doing at these organizations, y'all. By and large, they don't know what the <sighs> fuck they be doing. It's just no it's idea. Crazy to, crazy to me, like when things get, you know, become like a, a campaign across mm-hmm. the organization. Like, oh, we moving in this direction. And it's like, who did you get your information from? It's it's like, it's crazy to me when we are pitching ideas and stuff and concepts. And we have to cite a lot of sources. We have to give a lot of reasons as to why. And I'm like, when it comes to like organizational rollouts, especially when it's like a reorg or we're changing our business model very significantly, then we get the this is going to be so much better for you, so much better for how we work, blah, 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 blah. But then, like, when it starts to really get enacted, you're like, why are we listening? And <laughs> who said that this was a good idea? Like, where? show me your receipts. Because I'll be feeling like I'd be having to come with receipts constantly on, on just to tell you that we need to go with this green over that green. <laughs> you over here telling me. That this is gonna be better for my my job. How? Where? Where's way? I I don't see it. I don't I don't see it coming up. Like the the ambiguity. There's there's it's like for designers we thrive in that space. A lot of the time we need that, but when it comes to objectives and like what we want to stand for as a company, that should be pretty cut and dry. It should not be no waffling here. It should not be no you know confusion. As to like, why did we do this? Like, you you literally lost you 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 cut a lot of your workforce down to be able to achieve this goal, quote unquote. But it's still like two years in, you don't know why the hell we're doing this. It's ridiculous, and and obviously all of those, uh, just you know, working can be positive for mental health. I think this is something that WHO pointed out at the beginning of the article is that it can be really positive for your mental health. You know, a lot of people find value in their work and Mm -hmm. and really want to make a change or just really like doing something and want to monetize it. And, but then if it's a negative work environment, it can be negative on both your mental and physical health. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So with that, I think we can stop for now and come back for next time with solutions. What do you think, Elle? It sounds about right to me. Yeah. Um, We are not going to leave y'all hanging. We promise to come back with solutions. We already have them. We just want to make sure you can digest all that because that was a lot, girls and boys. (laughs) (laughs) It'll get you amped up. It'll get you amped up It'll get you amped up. And um, and honestly, that's my advice for the week. Don't let them get you amped up. Set your boundaries. That's it. It's yeah. hard the first time, but once you set that boundary, it's easier to do it. Mm-hmm.
They'll get the message. <laughs> Eventually. Eventually. If you say it enough. If you say it enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I me, it's, I feel like I've never really had an issue saying no a lot of times. And mm-hmm. boundaries don't always mean the answer is no, but it, it, it the short answer typically is no. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to do that or no, that doesn't align with my views or whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, but for me, the, the boundary setting, the, the problem I have is having to repeat myself. Often. Mm-hmm. I told you the first time, <laughs> go back to your notes. <laughs> Remember <laughs> when we talked about this, you need to go back to your notes. <laughs> because as one prophetess said, why am I going to give you notes if you didn't listen to the first one and first apply one. the first one? And if you don't know who said that. <laughs> you don't need to be listening to this podcast. I don't, I don't want to hear it. If you don't know who said that, you're late. You're late. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, that's one of my favorite lines. Why would I give you more notes if you didn't? <laughs> like i'm with her because what the fuck are we doing i'm in here I'm, and on that note i'm going home i gotta go he's <laughs> cheering <laughs> 51 of them okay oh, oh man Jesus. you got oh, any advice for the people L? um the people uh, the people's yeah let's see um, we talked about working out. We talked about some other things. Uh, I think one thing that happened that's helpful for me, and I think we've talked about it on the show a lot of times before. It's just like making sure you take time for yourself. Um, and like, uh, as far as self care goes, like I've been trying to um incorporate a plethora of things so like whether it's me going to get a massage going to get my hair done going to get uh um what's this what's the thing um girl i've now now get this i've been at this job for three years didn't know that our health insurance covered um what's the procedure with the nails what's that uh uh acupuncture thank you thank you girl see my mind is we're done for the show we're done this evening my brain is done um (laughs) acupuncture so check check your health benefits because we don't need to be sitting letting things just sit there were you paying for it trust me somebody's paying for it you need to reap the benefits of it so um look into that because i I certainly am as well that's what's up Um, on top of setting the boundaries, I just wanted to add, um, everything doesn't have to rise to a level 10. (laughs) So if you send an email, if someone sends you an email, you ain't got to look at it. Everything doesn't, everything isn't urgent. It doesn't have to rise to a level 10. Maybe this is a level two. And maybe you need to explain your urgency meter to your management and leadership. And just say, mm-hmm. this is a level two on my scale. Yeah. So it's going to be pushed back about seven business. Days. Oh, my God. I had to have a a conversation. This is my last derailment. Um, <laughs> I had to have a conversation with one of my peers regarding that. Because um, he tried to get a little rah-rah with me 
on some shit talking about well you don't you don't I'm always the one setting up meetings and wanting to talk to you about x y and z and I was like hold up bro everything he was is trying to tussle for a meeting he was trying to tussle with you. <laughs> he was trying I'm to go I'm a tussle with you. I'm a, I'm a tussle with I'm a, you. I'm, a, I'm like, I got to tussle for you. Look, I ain't had to, I ain't tussled like that since college, but I, I can get back with you. Trust. I was like, um, I just want you to know everything is not going to reach the level of we need to meet face to face on some shit. Like, <laughs> it does, everything does not constitute a meeting. And he was, um, you know, trying to trying to go toe to toe, but I'm like, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna get rah rah with you, but I'm just gonna be clear with you. I'm not gonna meet with you on all all your questions that you have. You can send me a note, but it's interesting. He he hopefully will uh, learn soon. So he didn't um, listen to our episode because uh, obviously I doubt he's a subscriber. If he is, Lord. <laughs> Anywho, all right. <laughs> we tired as hell, y'all. We will see y'all next time on the Clocking In Podcast. Bye. Shut up, boo.